Welcome to Social Capital Expert, a show where we discover the value of social capital and how cultivating strategic relationships is critical to our success. In each episode, your host, Sarah Francis McDaniel, will explore the stories of fascinating people from all over the world to better understand how their ability to build relationships has led to their success. We will uncover tips, tricks, and practical ways that you too can become a social capital expert. Wait, what do I call you? <laughs> uh, good morning, Sarah. How are you? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so glad that you're here. And um, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the Social Capital Expert. Um, Mark, I look forward to getting to know you. And I think this is going to be a good time. So how about this? Just start at the beginning and tell us about yourself. But, well, at, at the very beginning, I guess it was probably, uh, you want me to start at the, at the hospital where it all, where it all well, happened? Well, maybe with what we should call you. Okay. Uh, the, the classic joke is, call me anything, just don't call me late for dinner, right? <laughs> right. Um, uh, for, for years, my whole life, I was called every version of Willie there is possible. With, with a name like Willie, uh, people create a lot of versions of that. So I've heard Willmeister. I've heard, uh, you know, things from Will Smith's days and, and on and on. So a lot of people from sports, right, and, uh, and activities growing up, it was Willie, Willie, Willie. Uh, and then in the professional world, they're like, uh, well, how are you doing, Mark? And that never worked for me either. So uh, I have some people that will only call me Willie and they have no idea what my first name is. Uh, I have other people that just like saying Mark Willie and uh, sweet. Uh, and there's some people that are very traditional and they say Mark. So uh, based on their inflection in their voice, they're like, can I call you Willie? Like if it's that inflection, I'm like, absolutely. Right. But if there's yeah. a question in their voice that I'm like, uh-uh. No thanks. You know. Yeah, no. Mr. Hey. Willie sounds great. <laughs> hey, that's to you, right? Mr. Willie to you. Uh, you know, Mark, I'm excited to learn more about you and your story. You know, we don't know each other too well. Can you hear my dogs? They're roughhousing, so this is gonna be a good one. Anytime it's gonna be a great one, uh my dogs go crazy. So um we don't know each other super well we're just beginning to be connected and it didn't take long for me to just recognize a similar spirit in the sense of caring for people and being able to generate strong genuine relationships and so I asked if you and through a recommendation of one of my dear friends who's also been on this show Audrey she uh, said this yeah let's let's do this this is gonna be a great conversation so I'm looking forward to just getting to know you and your reputation precedes you. Uh, I definitely think you guys should go and check him out on LinkedIn um, and other social platforms. We'll have all of that in the show notes, but I just look forward to hearing about your story and how relationships have impacted your life and your success. So you can take us as far back as you want or just skim and <laughs> tell us the good parts, whatever works for you. Awesome. Well, well, likewise, I look forward to getting to know you as well, right? Uh, we've had, we had interaction on the phone about a year ago originally. Uh, and then we were, we were part of one of your uh, live happy hours uh, a bit ago. And that was just awesome. All the amazing people. And then, yes, the source of our, our connection is our mutual friend, Audrey. So shout out to our friend there. Um, I'll go back in time, right? The Wayback Machine. And uh, I have wonderful parents. Uh, and, uh, and they created me in, uh, in a little town outside of Chicago uh, called Harvey, Illinois. Uh, at that time, just about everyone from that area was born in Harvey because that's the only hospital that <laughs> had those units. So there's Mark, you know, uh, being born in there. And uh so all those days were different right um 
my dad was working and my mom already had a four-year-old and uh you know water breaks go to the hospital uh dad gets done with work and doesn't have time to go to the hospital because uh there's a train set for sale and uh he's gonna go buy the train set because he's gonna have a boy right he thinks he's gonna have a boy they didn't know back then so uh so my my mom was busy uh making me and he was busy getting the train set and uh all that's good um fast forward a uh, couple of years later you just uh you realize you're surrounded by happiness uh you've got cousins to play with you've got aunts and uncles that give you games and show you how to lose and uh and you just start exploring life so uh it was it was a wonderful childhood uh my mother was a preschool teacher at the church next door so uh you had preschool or kindergartners around in our life constantly and uh my dad ran the lumber yard uh about three blocks down the way so uh perfect for a little boy right you you get a huge playground of a church to go kart and cause trouble uh then you get a lumber yard down the street where you could you could throw sticks you could uh <laughs> throw rocks climb on train cars right just yeah it's an unbreakable world that's the first couple of years uh and then what happens you start uh you start becoming yourself right uh you start meeting new people graduated from a, an eighth grade of 11 kids uh wow. that's kind of a small school uh i was i was like four foot something and probably not even a hundred pounds soaking wet uh then i jump into a high school world and it was like this is amazing because there's so many groups and so many people and uh i was like sensory overload i'm like i want to do this i want to do that like who are these people it was perfect um <laughs> so it, everything that was possible to join i just dove in i'm like give me everything and uh and that that was that was awesome uh i i was thrusted into uh into into soccer into cross country into plays and group interp and uh everyone was so unique but i i i didn't want to ever be in a little crowd right yeah i wanted I wanted all the crowds like so every day i would just sit at a different table and you know you get the looks or whatever but you know by the end of lunch you got more friends and yeah. uh who can beat that uh that That's was funny. awesome yeah, that's kind of funny you say that because I um, you know, I homeschooled fifth grade through high school and then went to community college. But in that, um, just that experience of like kind of finding friends everywhere where you're, you go from. And then when I came in, when like then you're exposed as your life continues, that like continues. I'm like, hey, I have friends everywhere. All these anybody I meet becomes my friend um, because there sometimes wasn't you know you didn't in a small school environment yeah um, you have it's a different dynamic and so then when you have all of these other new people and cultures and experiences that present themselves it's like heck yeah i i don't want to miss out on anything yeah that's, that's so cool to know that makes sense to me um that that because that continues to to be a a theme in my experience with you now in your life do you have brothers and sisters by the way I do. I'm and, the oldest. And so you all skip, you all shared a classroom, right? Well, I'm pretty, I'm a considerably older than my other two brothers that also homeschooled. So yeah. um, I was kind of at the community college and, um, you know, kind of out doing those classes outside of the house by the time that my brothers were, but my, my two brothers that homeschooled are a year and a day apart so they Almost were Irish twins. yes and they were definitely um homeschooled together you know like they did they did a lot together but um 
yeah, just a, an interesting, an interesting dynamic. So uh, I have I have something close to that world. Uh, my neighbor right across the street, growing up, he was the oldest, uh, one of eleven, and they were all homeschooled. And uh, it 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 was great because like it was it was me and it was him, and then. 10, 10 brothers and sisters. Like we always had enough people to play baseball, right? Totally. We always had enough people to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tribe, so, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, just, just fun information to learn. Yeah, we'll bounce back and forth, right? The joy of life. So you have the best smiley face logo ever. Purple really <laughs> works for me. And it's just a splash that really adds to your name. So the first thing I'm doing today is I'm adding Aww, that's awesome. a smiley face right back at you. This is what I have to say about that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Look, look, I even have a, this one. I, I hope to not have to use this one very much. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> um, so we'll actually, after our after our conversation when you were on the um, happy hour, I um I I was like I gotta make some of these. This is awesome. This is totally <laughs> awesome. So I was hoping I caught I surprised you by having it. Yeah, that was a surprise. Uh, yeah. To those of you that are just listening and not watching the video, um, you know, Willie has emojis that he puts up against the camera that you can then see. Um, you know, the emoji instead of his face, and it's hilarious. And the first time I met him was at a happy hour on virtual happy hour. And, um, you know, we were talking, there's conversation going, and, you know, all these happy hours and virtual things, it's like only one person can talk at a time. So you to be able to actually express yourself without having to say a word is genius in my book. And uh, so I went, and that night had um, had my own set of these. And I was thinking it'd be fun to do an addition, you know, it's like, uh, just keep adding to the uh, to the addition. So just funny. So anyway, uh, thank you so much for uh, bringing a new one. I haven't seen the the smiley face uh, that you shared that, today. That that one's new, but but I tell you, uh, I wanted to get it done and I didn't because I've had so many zooms. I'm sure I'm the only one that that's happening to, so no yeah. one can relate. Uh, but what I wanted to do is take my label machine. And I wanted to take your your label and print the purple smiley face. Uh, and um, I'm, yeah, I can build you a house, but I can't do a lot of tech things, so it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a it's a learning process. The the whole thing. I mean, but it's that's awesome. I know I had someone when I when I showed somebody these ones that I made or that I printed off and laminated. Someone was like, "You, we need the the this is." we need the middle finger one and i'm oh. like oh my god what are you okay th there's got to be like a another edition <laughs> i'm like another edition yeah so just kind of funny but um okay please continue on so uh high school right exploratory wonderful time um a, a local a local public high school is what it was and uh after high school, uh, I went on to I went on to college in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and uh, it was right on Lake Michigan. So uh, I really loved it. Every day, I would run the rocks uh, between the dormitory and, and the uh, and the classrooms. Smallest campus uh, on the planet, literally. Um, they're, they were very much separated from town, I think by design. Uh, so everyone stayed on campus, did their thing. And uh, I love the people. I love the space. Uh, you know, ran cross country for them and, and uh, did the fraternity thing and, and all that. Uh, studied marketing, studied economics. Uh, and I think by about my junior year, I was just, uh, okay, I, I, I've had my fill. I'm done with college. Um, so I, I, finished, I finished a semester early, and uh, not because I'm smart, but because I didn't want to do that stuff. Uh, and 
I started working and uh, trying to, to pay off some bills and still have fun, right, with my friends. I always had fun. Um, back then, I think we did a lot of bike riding, a lot of Frisbee, a lot of disc golf, a lot of ultimate Frisbee. Um, and uh, there's a segue of what do you do after you graduate? There's a huge segue, and uh, it seems like uh, the relationships start to take new paths of who's, who's having the traditional, who's having the non-traditional, who's, who's going on to, to more education, right? There's the folks that right away go on for more education. And uh, I didn't identify with anyone. At, at, at that point because none of those paths were, were my path. And um, so uh, halfway through my senior year, I went with my cousin who's six years older than me, his name's Ron. Uh, I went down to Mexico and uh, I visited uh, the orphanage that he used to work at oh. and uh, quickly fell in love. I, I've been a part of it for several years. Uh, he had worked there for a year, so it wasn't foreign to me, but experiencing, it's my first time out of uh, America. It was my first time uh, being in another country, and it was my first time in an orphanage, right? Wow. Uh, so uh, didn't know Spanish, uh, but uh, I got to learn smiles, right? I got to learn people and the inviting culture uh it was amazing so uh what did i do i got i got back for the second half of my senior year and i filled out the application like take me i want to i want to volunteer i'm gone right so how do i do that oh crap i got all these bills right and the commitment is one year so okay one year uh your your ignorance at the time and i don't know that's not the right word but it is uh you don't know what you're getting into at all like completely clueless and and that right there is bliss because all i did is i worked 80 90 hours a week and went out with friends and it like what can i stockpile before may and may comes and everyone's like oh i'm going to new york oh we're getting married oh i'm going to graduate school all these amazing things that people were doing what are you doing i'm like oh i'm going to mexico right and and it, that i didn't want to say more i didn't want to get into more conversation i was like i'm gone like if there was a big eagle in the sky i would have grabbed onto those talons and been dropped so <laughs> boom I get there. So I'm all there. And uh, there's a requirement that uh, you have to take two weeks of intensive Spanish. So I'm, I'm, here I am in a classroom again. And, uh, you know, the teacher is speaking Spanish. And apparently they're giving you homework and telling you how to teach. And like, I don't understand a lick of it. Like, I'm like, Every minute, I'm like, get me out of this room. Get me out of this room. Get me out of this room. So I lasted two days, and I, I, I got out of that room. And uh, I just started going around town for two days, uh, trying to talk to people. And it didn't work at all. Uh, but I, I figured out how to eat. I figured out how to take a bus. I figured out the money. And uh, then uh, the I just let them know, hey, get me, get me to the orphanage. That's why I came here. I'll figure out the Spanish thing, right? I haven't figured out English, but Spanish ought to work. So there I go. And uh, I get there, and it was exactly what I needed. Uh, so I was surrounded by kids, and kids don't really care if you can speak a language. They, they grab your hand, and they're like, let's go play. Or can you... Can you get me some food, right? Or can you reach that orange? <laughs> or let's go play soccer. You know, all the normal things. So the language didn't matter. Uh, they were speaking to me nonstop. And uh, you, you learn 
you learn uh you learn through people and you learn through kids and it worked and uh ahora puedo hablar español right puedo vivir con cualquier so i can i can speak spanish and 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 it's because it's because of that experience of the amazing people around um that's so cool because i uh, i'm just starting like when you say spanish i'm like yes because I'm I'm committed to just trying to stick to my Duolingo and just get to where at least I can understand and have like a semi just know something more. I was in Colombia recently and realized in sort of a stressful situation that um or like the whole thing was sort of stressful and trying to get home back to the states and things and knowing no Spanish and speaking none of the language and and understanding just what I needed to to be able to get through it I was like this is not going to happen again um and so that's awesome but I, I think being thrown into it like that and then having I can see how kids are like the best teachers because they're yeah. going to teach you what you need to know not all the other stuff like they're just going to teach you what what they need you to know yeah uh, which is probably pretty pretty good stuff there so thank you for sharing that that's awesome so then did you stay there a while or how did that did you stay the year or it was a year commitment and uh, I, I'm a very much kind of a, this is where I am. Every, everything else is fine. Like I'm focused on my environment when I am somewhere. So I wasn't worried about the communication or the connectivity back, back home. You know, you're, you're allowed to use the phone once a week and the odds of connecting with someone back home is more hassle than it was worth. Like, you know, there was no email, there was no cell phone, right? So I would get postcards from time to time, which was wonderful for the people that did that. But uh, I was in my environment and I was, I was full on there. Uh, so one year turned into, turned into more, I, you know, uh, I loved my surroundings. I, uh, I, I worked with amazing people. There's a thousand people in our house, a thousand people. So, um, pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, so I ended up staying about another year and a half after that. So somewhere around two and a half years. Uh, so the whole time I was there, it just shows you the power of, uh, of, of, of just this incredible universe. Uh, so you have a thousand kids living, living in, in in one home and during that two and a half years not one child ever got sick wow. never had a kid throw up never had a kid get a cold a chicken pox nothing we woke up in the morning we did our chores we played we had breakfast we went to school you know we were always active we had fresh air everywhere around us hint hint right on healthiness uh <laughs> but it was it was such a healthy environment all the fruits of our labor were at our table right everything we 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 grew we ate like there's the corn there's the tortilla machine and boy is that warm tortilla taste delicious like wow. additives what additives like we're going through thousands of tortillas a meal there's there's wow. nothing left over <laughs> wow so interesting you know uh it would never work in america right with all the red tape and structure and this and that we built a dormitory while i was there and you had to cross that 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 section i don't know 12 times a day each person to go to meals so it was literally like while we were digging it you know 12 feet deep eight feet wide we had planks and we were you know handing kids over like that would never work here but no no one ever got hurt right everyone just looks out for their brothers and sisters you know yeah, imagine that right imagine uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing family uh life-changing like beyond anything um you you just you just realize how much you don't know when you take on <laughs> uh, a new family, a new a new place, a new experience, and 
and then it becomes you, right? Because they're they're giving you everything that you need to become who you're supposed to be. That uh, was magical. Uh, never had culture shock down there, not once. But boy, did I get it when I came back. Um, it's uh, it's interesting. You're back with your friends and loved ones, but you're you have a different listening uh, and. And I'm one of those people that I walk in the room sometimes with my foot in my mouth. Like I, I say those things. I, and I know it's coming. Uh, and uh, I, I, I would chew on my tongue, boy. I would, I would try to hold back everything I had to say. Um, but I was a fiery kid and sometimes I would just let it out. And uh, it was a huge culture shock. Uh, and, and the food, the, the, everything we do here is just different when you come from such a welcoming, open, amazing place like that. Uh, nothing against the States, but it was, it was me re-accepting that this is how it's done here. Um, you know, I'm not trying to say anything's wrong. It's just not the same, right? Right. No, right. Uh, it's different. So that was a big deal and getting used to the food. God, was I sick. I got so sick getting used to our food again. Um, I try to eat as fresh as I can, but I live in the Midwest. Like, you know, we're not supposed to have bananas here. That's not fresh. Uh, so it was an adjustment health-wise for a while. Uh, and, you know, back to reality in the States. Interesting. So with that um you know with the, the experience of the people being very healthy and um not seeing sickness and do you kind of maintain a lifestyle that's very raw today and believe that that's part of our overall wellness today yeah uh i've never liked cooked fruit or cooked vegetables ever it's never identified with me and I was the pickiest eater growing up like beyond picky one of those goofballs sorry if I'm offending you one of those goofballs that no food could touch one another but that was oh me. that's me still uh I mean I still I just uh, I don't have to be it doesn't have to, like when I was a kid I would literally like take a napkin and like keep it from you know keep the juices and stuff I hated the juices getting on all the other stuff now I can like stomach the juices getting on things I don't do, but I do intentionally keep a little bit of space between everything. And I'm one of the goofballs, weirdos, whatever you want to say, that also tends to eat it one grouping at a time. Sure. But I'm getting better at that too. But that's why I've always hated roast and stew because I hate the fact it's all cooked together like that. It's like, ugh. So yeah, so yes, I'm not. So I call it. I, I I call the wonderful host Sarah goofball right out. So uh, that's me, right? Foot in my mouth. We just no, no. proved it. No, it's perfect. I mean, I am um, a goofball. It's fine uh, with me. So I I separated my stuff like no tomorrow. I totally separated, and I don't like sauces or anything either. I I like the food for the food, but I've I've learned through the world of tortilla. And, 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 and I also, you know, I was taking care of a, of a hundred kids, right? So you have 10 tables of 10 kids. You're not sitting, right? You're jumping around. So I would literally take my tortilla, reach in and whatever they piled on, they would pile on. And then I walk around, you know, a hundred teenage boys are active. So I was doing that. So whatever was on that tortilla, I was eating and I'm truly the slowest eater truly the slowest eater you've ever met in your life boy not there like i would take that tortilla and boom like if you gave me six in a row that was in and that was in so uh yeah so it had an impact on how you uh see food and how you eat i i'm curious so after um you came back and you'd been here you kind of you know reacclimated to um life as it is here what uh where did you go from there so uh, from there, I, I decided maybe I, I ought to get a job, right? And, and, and play that system, right? Give that a whirl. Um, so 
my cousin Rick, so now the brother of my cousin Ron, uh, Rick was four years older, Ron was six. He worked at a temp agency. And uh, I figured, well, what a perfect place to get my name out. And he said, uh, we have a job fair coming up. Would you like to work the job fair for us, right? Okay. Uh, so the job fair starts at 11 and goes to four, whatever it is. So I, I run over to my sister's house. I do the resume. And, uh, and uh, you know, they just put me in line here. You work the job fair. Well, I showed up two hours before my post and I worked the job fair because uh, I was really going there to get a job. Uh, so, yeah, a guy called me uh, back afterwards and uh, I got paid to get a job. So, um, cool. Hey, that's one way to do it. It, it, it really worked. Uh, and, and I worked there. I worked there for 10 years. I traveled around the world uh, for 10 years. Um, I was very creative. So back then, this company made, uh, it's a funny word still to say today, it, graphic ink transfers. And uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the worst marketing word ever. But um, basically what I did is I took uh, lacrosse shafts, baseball bats, uh, hockey sticks, and uh, I figured out a way to use their technology to, to, to wrap multiple colors around all four sides and just make it like the way we see it today. But I did that in the early 90s, back when they were doing one color, one side. I did six colors in metallics, all four sides. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, literally just figured it out because uh, I couldn't figure out why the knuckleheads couldn't figure out how to do that. It's because of that I literally traveled around the world doing it, and uh, you know, you go to a trade show with with that kind of thing, and it was it, it was amazing. <laughs> so you know the the nine eleven hits right, big impactful day for all of us. And I back then I would get on a plane, you know, one to two times a week, and I, I would get on a plane with. With, with bicycle frame, a lacrosse shaft, a baseball bat, and uh, a hockey stick, right? Well, that soon ended, right? Yeah. Because, uh, we had happened what happened, but I, I couldn't let that stuff be checked, right? Because it, it, it was one of a kind items, and, and they, were, they were the most expensive composites and whatnot in the world. So I always used to show up early, and I would I would I would meet the captain or the or the flight crew, and I would beg and plead for them to put this in their cockpit, and 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 it almost always worked because uh, I just I needed that, and then I was in race mode because I wanted to get off the plane and do it, but I always got their attention because I'm like I'm a guy with this bat, and they never saw anything like it, and then they're like. Ah, sure, you know, like no one brings baseball bats on a plane today, but uh, it's probably because of me, so I own that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a creative way to get done what you need to get accomplished, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So was that a company that you um, continued, or how did that, what happened from there? I, st I stayed there, I stayed there for 10 years, um, just I worked in so many industries inside of that um, metals, industrial farm implements, uh, plastic manufacturing. I, I, I was probably in and out of thousands of manufacturers. Like, you know, when you go to an OEM or a manufacturer, you're surrounded by sometimes the president, sometimes the marketing team, Sometimes the engineers, sometimes the R and D, but you're always met with this with this lawyer who wants you to fill out a non-disclosure, right? And like you got a second to read it, a second to sign it. And it's this thing. So I probably have thousands of non-disclosures. And the truth is, the very next day I was in their competitor, and the very next day I was in their competitor. 
but I have a non-disclosure. So I can't tell you I was in their competitor, right? Um, because the non-disclosure doesn't exist because I can't disclose it. Uh, <laughs> so I did that. I did that for the longest time. Uh, but it, it kind of ran its course. I, uh, boy, did I get, uh, I do everything kind of like full throttle. And so when you, when you travel that much and do all that, you think that it's not a big deal, um, but it was a big deal. Uh, and all your relationships suffer uh, because you're, you're the guy that they're not going to invite to do something with because they know you're busy or they know you're gone. And um, while I was doing all that, endless hours, uh, I was also like, buying property and renovating it, buying property and renovating it. Cause I grew up with a family of, uh, you know, people that ran lumber yards and owned construction companies and had apartment buildings. It was just natural. So I, I just had to come to terms with the fact that, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get on a plane anymore. The airlines have benefited from me. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And, uh, I stopped. I just stopped. Um, I still get flack for it today. I still don't fly. Um, but uh, I started to embrace the kind of green side of me again. Uh, like the, the thoughts of your great-grandfather telling you that everything you need is, is right there in the dirt at your feet. Um, everything is growing around and you need to give your gifts to the world and, and take care of the community around you. And uh, I started listening uh, to those voices and those great um, uh, pieces of the puzzle that were ingrained in me in the, in the wonderful years growing up, right? Uh, yeah. So I stopped that other world. Uh, I left devastation in my tracks. I'm sure it was hard for them to keep the accounts and do that because I was an overachiever and I was a relationship person. Um, they they bought because I gave it my all. They could have bought the product from China or Italy or anywhere else, but they bought it from this guy in Chicago, right? Because we had a we had a relationship, and uh, so that changed. I I went. I went into, I went into renovating and saving existing buildings, um, and I really went into it. So there again, right? You do things full throttle, all consuming, and uh, well, there's a couple of things there I'd like to just talk a little bit more about. I think, um, you know, the the relationship piece of it, where you know you. Uh, you give your whole self i think in order to really build genuine relationships there's an element of vulnerability and genuineness that has to be offered in that and then often it elicits that same thing from the people that you do it with and so you're right i mean i feel like that's something um you know there's people will pay more if it's about selling stuff or doing business, people want to do that with people that they trust and they like and they feel comfortable with. And so it doesn't become an issue. I mean, obviously you're doing good business, so that you're not gouging, you're not, you're, you're being fair on that level, but um, just the, the relationship piece is what really carries it through. And that's also the piece that when things go sideways, cause they almost always have some element of frustration, right? That that's what really brings us through that too, is our ability to, to know that one another is going to work on what we have to work on in order to do what we, what's right in the best kind of fair position. And I, I, I feel a lot of what you say like I find that I also am an overachiever in areas and I more from the perspective that if I can have an impact or make a difference or bring something of value I want to give it and do it and be there 100% wholeheartedly um so it's interesting that that kind of journey then and those relationships that really was what was striving like what was 
not striving you, but, but was the sort of the energy and what you were doing. Um, there was still an element of it that kind of ran its course from the perspective of um, you having to sort of say, okay, how do I continue to bring value and, and have an asset while still being able to be full in myself, right? Um, and that's for, for me, one of the places that I, I constantly am having to be aware of is as much as I love to put out um, in order to be able to continue to do that, um, we also have to be putting in and filling up and, and what does that look like? So from your perspective, as you have kind of taken this journey through some of that, what do you find that does keep you full? Like, how do you, um, how do you have a place of something to give? So, uh, it's, it, it's it's weird it is the environment uh that's how i get full so um in in that transition uh i found a new home right and and in the new home uh were the like-minded folks that i was looking for um uh, so they were uh Name the name of the place was uh, Chicago Center for Green Technology, and uh, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, and Saturdays were free classes. So you had you had these people who who had their normal workday, right? And then at night, they all converged on one place, and someone would speak, and you would have you know at times six people in the crowd, at times. 90 people in the crowd that's how events go and uh but but you all were on the same path and it was it was driving green it was connectivity to nature it was embracing community and you know even back then the word sustainability was overused right um and and everyone came in with their bags of granola and their <laughs> and their water bottles and and their bikes and um you had you had just interesting ways of including people and teaching um like we would give these surveys when when new people came in everyone had to fill it out and, and it was how did you get here tonight and then the first option was walk the next option was bike the next option was was uh was uh public transportation and the last op uh, option was carpool and then you, you always have people inevitably raising their hands and say well the, I drove here oh that's not that's not an option on the form thank you uh, you could write that in and other well there's not another column we knew that right we knew that so we always put those little things together um, and then uh, we would just do funny things. Uh, I would start out by questions and I would say, so who here, who here invited someone to come tonight? And someone would raise their hand and I'd be like, awesome, you win a prize, we'll get to that later. And I, and I would say, anyone else? And then, you know, oftentimes there would be no one else. And I'd say, well, everyone else, I need you to leave because <laughs> you can't be here. This is about community. and. And you haven't figured that out but what i'll allow you to do is in the hallway if you meet a friend then you guys could come back in together and now you've brought someone and like you get that before <laughs> like is he serious and then i'm like oh, i can't turn the lights on because they're motion activated when you leave the lights will go out on their own uh, i'll be here if you guys find a friend right <laughs> uh and and we try to change the environment of uh of needing each other and bringing people to the table uh and it, it was it was awesome it was really awesome and today fast forward 15 years from then um uh, all those people are still uh some of my greatest friends right and they're all still in the same industry still doing the same thing so um you know bless their hearts because we were so naive back then with what was going on and now they each person has their own association and 
you know, they're the alliance for this and they're the cohort of that, or it's just these interesting groups that evolve. And um, we have we have bubbles, we have silos. Uh, we don't need that, but but that happens again. Yeah, Mark, thank you for sharing. And it's awesome that uh, those those ideas of community and how you connect with people transcends topics or um, demographics or or you know all it transcends everything. You can you can do those things that just connect human beings uh, in an emotional way, not like emotional roller coaster way, but in a in a heartfelt connection. And um, it has the same type of results no matter what that situation like you shared with the orphanage and and with this community of in the green community uh you know as you look at your life and just what you believe about uh the value that relationships can bring to your ability to find success whatever that might look like um can you share with us just sort of what you think those sort of key ingredients or maybe key points of relationships being impactful mean to you? Uh, I, I, think, I think first you have, to re you have to recognize that you need them, um, that, that, that you can't get uh, much done on your own. So uh, for me, it's, uh, it's, it usually means taking that first step. So uh, if you plan an event, it's nice to have goals and expectations, uh, but it's nice to first be inclusive. So I look through the room and say there's an event of 70 people. Um, I, I know the familiar faces. Let's say I know 65 of them. If there's one, or two, or five people in the back, I don't recognize their face. I will walk past everyone I know because I'll get distracted, I'll get held up, I'll get hugs or high fives or whatever. I walk past them, I'll say, I'll be back, I'll be back, I'll be back, I'll be back, right? Uh, and I'll go and talk to that person. Because uh, there's a reason they came, and um, I don't know what it is, but it's important for me to know, it's important for me to welcome them, and it's important for me to get their story, because quite possibly, they're the reason why I'm coming or right. I'm the reason they're coming. I don't know, but quite possibly that's it. And uh, we have a lot of introverts and a lot of extroverts, and there's probably other types of people that no one talks about, but we have a lot of those folks in our groups and, you know, uh, you still need to be welcomed. And it might not be you giving a high five in front of the room. It might be you giving that one-on-one -on -one saying, I got this idea and I thought maybe you guys were the people I could share it with. And then you see them blossom and share this amazing gift that they have that, that we all needed all along, but we didn't know that person. <clears throat> so for me, it's, it's that, it's that two seconds with someone that could turn into two minutes or, or, you know, I'm so thankful that some of those people have been turned into 20 years, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, why, why were we talking? I don't know why we were talking, but you were amazing, right? Like, ah, uh, you know, those people where you're like, I feel like I've always known you. Yeah. When you get that feeling, it's, it's just super. So like whenever you find yourself not happy, right? Not in the moment, like um, then you just reset because that's, that's not, that's not you, right? You, the people around you that, that will bring out the best in you because their gift, their energy, it's a, there's a never-ending supply of it. There's a, so just grow that energy because it's bursting with people, whether it's their brain, whether it's their voice, whether it's their great style and shoes, right? It's bursting and the room needs it. When the room gets together, you've heard me use 
net community, right? Yeah. I always say net community. And that's what it is. You throw out more nets and more nets and more nets. And other people make different nets. And other people throw out different nets. But, boy, together, we are super, right? <laughs> totally. And uh, then everything evolves. You, is another word I use is build change, right? You, you, you build change. You have more results because you have these people with you. And then you ask, what can I do for you? What, what is it that you're trying to figure out? Um, and odds are someone in your network, someone in your net community is the star for that, for that person that's looking for that light. And awesome, right? Go with it. You know, don't keep <laughs> that. What are you keeping? There's nothing to keep. There's an endless supply. Oh, they're my competitor. What? No, they're your community. There's, there's no competitor. There's a never ending amount of pie on the table. So sit at the table and keep passing it around. <laughs> yeah, I love that analogy. Yeah, you're so right. I have on my website that often the gifts of our life are found in the hearts of the people around us. And it, I just absolutely believe the greatest things that we can have are those things that are found in the people around us. And I realized with, um, you know, how the, the COVID-19 impacted our world um, very quickly that so much of my passion for life comes from my interaction with other people and understanding more about what makes them tick and how I can help them, um, you know, find more fullness in the life they're trying to live. And you talk about the connecting people. And, you know, as we talk on the show a lot about how do we build that social capital, right? Like, what does that look like? And how do you, how do you have relationships that aren't just random situations that are encounters you have, but how does this become a collective that has a value and a worth in it that produces major results and have, has big impact, right? Um, and so it is in that, that ability and that willingness to freely give of the information that you know, right, and the people that you are connected with and to help them make additional connections. I mean, some of the people who've been on the show, that is one of the things that they are so talented at and they don't even see that they are so good at it in a lot of forms but they their goal and their whole drive is to figure out how they can add value and help enhance the dreams and the purpose and the goals of the people around them and you 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 hit it on the head too when you say like what can i do for you you know what how can i help and so i ask you that question i mean as you've shared with us so much of yourself um, up to this point in your story and, and pieces of wisdom and philosophy that we can take with us um, and apply in our lives. You know, how can we, what do you have going on now that we can help you with? So uh, it's, it's all a bigger picture, right? We're, a, a, a lot of this comes back to the same thing, Sarah. It's like we, so, so we're trapped in our houses, right? Well, we're not, we're not asked to stay at home or we're safe at home, right? Uh, that's an analogy a lot of people have used. And uh, okay, well, we're safe at home. And the, 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 the sad part, the rough part is there's how many people, right? Real data, there's how many people that are homeless. So, while we're, while we're going through these Facebook posts and Zoom meetings and all this, this little thing, we have an incredible infrastructure, right? We have buildings and businesses everywhere. We're not worn torn. We have a roof over our head. We have crops in the field. We have an immense amount of agricultural gumption, right, that's out there but we have homelessness, we have hunger. So what, what can, I'm not saying what you could do for me, I'm saying what can we do for a reset? Like, oh, 
there's relationships, there's resets. To me, I always see R-E in words, right? It's share, right? And the R-E pops out. It's how, how, can, how can we, in a world of data, how can we take the data and say, our, our, our country switched to working from home and, and from being with each other at the table Bless our hearts for that. No one should complain about sharing time at the table. Um, but we shifted for that pretty darn fast. Critical people are going to analyze the numbers. You're not as analytical as I am, so don't be so critical. Uh, we can shift to solving hunger, solving homelessness, and being a true leader in our community and with the gifts of the people around us so that the next whatever, right? There's always something. Uh, less people are having to be on their toes, right? Uh, we're learning from uh, our friends in rural America because this really isn't happening in rural America. This is happening in urban, uh, plain-centric America. So I would ask, how can we how can we really be prepared to daily embrace our community and daily give our gifts to one another and receive gifts from one another, right? Uh, so that everyone's comforted. That's what I would really ask. I'd be silly to ask for something for me, right? Like I'm, I'm a speck, but around me, boy, around me is hunger around me is it's terrible i mean it's you know it's terrible right and those are stories that that aren't covered uh because it's really hard to to choke through a story of 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 loss and uh scarcity real scarcity are you in downtown chicago or where, yeah. where are you yeah uh it's the most bizarre bizarre thing in 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 my days um i would i would i would love to get on a bike and find myself uh very very far away uh but right now i'm working uh 16 18 hours a day in front of a computer and on a telephone and um i have access to products i have access to housing and people are reaching out that, that are trying to, to come up with huge results uh, so that we're not taking a FEMA trailer and temporarily putting it somewhere and later letting it sit in a parking lot. Um, so collectively, I could get more done by pulling these people together and say, no, that answer is not five months away. That answer is five phone calls. How do you know that person? I don't know that person, but someone in my network knows that person, and I and I will find that person today. Yeah. And amazingly, sir, people are taking phone calls today that have never taken my phone call ever. Um, they're they're very willing to share their gifts and to help the world around them because their house has been impacted. They're kids right poor seniors poor eighth graders what they're it's a it's a it's a weird thing but my buddy tom has a has a kid his son supposed to get his bat mitzvah right and um and he says dad when you were gonna have your bat mitzvah uh what was it like for you having to to not be around your friends and have school at home and not be able to have a party and and he just sat there and tom's like it didn't happen but to his son right whatever i'm experiencing you experience dad and and he's like what do i do for my son i can't explain that because i don't know what to make of this um you know so so all of his friends drive by in their cars holding up sides and you know bless their heart right to to be so creative to say you know we celebrate you right we celebrate your moment 
and we're all here for you. So people are amazing. And um, we need to always recognize that if we're not feeling that people are amazed, get out of your head. It's all here, right? It's all everywhere. Uh, it's not anywhere. It's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, I agree with so much of what you said. And people are so resilient um, in so many ways. It's, this, this is an interesting time, I think, for, for all of us. But the cool part about it is we're all in it together. I mean, like never before the entire world is in something together. And, um, you know, and it's just kind of, I, I, I see so much opportunity, like you said, like opportunity to be creative and opportunity to try something new. And not everything is going to be a success, but when is it? But it's an opportunity to go give it a shot. And most likely other people haven't tried it either. So, you know, it, it's like, just go get it. And if you can go and, and figure it out, or if you fail and figure out a new way, um, and you've got other people that are right there with you trying to figure it out. Uh, it's like, for me, that's where I seem to be finding my, my passion and my energy and my positivity in some ways is through that experience with other people as we just embark on this unknown journey together. And that togetherness is, you know, where there's been so much decisive divisiveness and where we've had so many separations and so much um, standing our ground on whatever it is that we think is right. And so little compassion or, or willingness to just be okay with someone thinking something differently. And um, now here we all are in this situation that um, is completely unknown to all of us. And it's really kind of a beautiful time for unity and for camaraderie and ca and for collaboration. I mean, and I love that you keep said that words with the RE stand out for you because the word that I just keep just feeling just so strongly is reinvention. And it's just such an opportunity to reinvent ourselves, reinvent our positions, reinvent how we sell things, reinvent how we share things. I mean, just everything um, yep. has a new opportunity right now. And it's just about seizing it because this will be over. This won't last forever. I gave a presentation many, many moons ago at the, uh, at the what is it called? Like a waste haulers and recycling convention, the international convention. So everyone that comes in for waste and recycling. And my presentation was probably 45 minutes and 30 minutes of it, bless their hearts, 30 minutes of it, uh, I had a stack of pages, and it was all re. So it was re revive, rethink, refuse, reduce. It was, and I literally kept going page after page. It was re. It was re. It was re. And uh, you know, I was never welcomed back. Um, but I had a room full of people that. Uh, they were flooded afterwards uh, with, with inquiries because my whole point was uh, to instill the practice of, of being green and rethinking how we do things. And, uh, you know, coincidentally, that, that industry is incredibly green, right? They do an amazing part of not throwing away stuff to the landfill because land's expensive. And there is no way, and so that re thing, it just it just worked, and it and it resonated, and uh, so it's still in my brain today because I literally came up with hundreds of words, uh, and and now the magic of Google that'll just give it to me. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you're welcome, Google, for teaching you everything. Uh, you know, it is. It's relationships. It's rethinking. It's resetting. It's, it's, it's always rejoicing, right? Yeah. Um, so. So in, in just kind of as we bring our kind of conversation to a close, are, if there was something that you could share that is sort of like the heartbeat of what you would want people to walk away knowing from this interview, what would that be? Uh Boy, I wish I had a magic nugget. Uh, I, I would say keep asking. 
right? Keep asking what you can do for others and, and, and keep asking uh, what I could do for you. Don't be afraid to use your voice. Don't be afraid to say you don't have the answer. And, and don't be afraid to screw up. If you're ever wondering what everyone else in the room is thinking, it's the same thing you're thinking. We're all thinking the same thing. And, and the difference between a great evening and a good evening is always a sandwich, right? Once people eat together and break bread together and sit at the table together, the night just carries on and carries on. So, so be a part of your community and take the first step. If you want to be grounded, be grounded, but the lightning's not going to strike on you. Keep walking, keep hugging, keep giving thumbs up because you might be the spark in someone else's day. And I guarantee you they're the spark in your day every time, every single time, whatever your belief is, whatever it is you do for a living, everyone around you needs you as much as you need them. Always, always. Always. Agreed. Agreed. Oh my gosh. This has been just such a pleasure. And we, again, will have all of your contact information in the show notes. Uh, but I just so appreciate you taking your time to spend with us. And if there is anything that um, you have coming up that you'd like to share or where you want people to reach out to you or anything that are final thoughts, give those to us now, Willie. I, I, I will say if you're not into LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on there daily. I will overwhelm you with my thoughts and my likes. You don't, you don't see pictures of me. You always see pictures of floors and ceilings and walls and nature. Uh, you'll, see, you'll see what I see. And uh, I will invite you to things constantly because they're always changing. <laughs> Every event I had planned is changing. Um, so I will always invite. I will always introduce you. And uh, I look forward to sitting at the table with you, breaking bread, and learning about your amazing gifts. Oh my gosh. Well, we look forward to staying in touch with you on LinkedIn. And I look forward to having you back, Willie. Thanks so much for being here today. Bless your heart, Sarah. Have an awesome day. I'll talk to you in a couple hours. All right. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.